welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. Brad Binkley, my partner, is unavailable this week. He will be back Monday. We're very excited to have him back. He's been out for uh, a little bit. And as a great favor to us, our friend Cam Harless, host, co-host of the Mad Ones podcast, which you have heard on this feed before, has graciously agreed to help us out this week and fill in. Thank you so much, Cam, for being here, for filling in. And why don't you take it away with today's top story? Well, you're welcome. And also, uh, here is the top story. The Senate is set to pass a massive bipartisan tech and manufacturing bill that takes on China. If that wording doesn't sound like, ooh, propaganda, I don't know what will. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so what's going on right now is the the there's a very bipartisan, a bipartisan AF push right now uh, to continue Donald Trump's policies of nationalism, of uh, manufacturing in America, and uh, starting a Cold War with China. China, as it were. So... Uh, there is this bill called the Innovation and Competition Act of 2021, and this bill incorporates at least three other previous acts that did not make it through committee. So there, it incorporates the Endless Frontier Act, the Chips for America Act, and the Strategic Competition Act. Um, and this is a big bill. I think it's like 1,200 pages long, and it's going to cost around $200 billion, if not more. And it's all about combating China. That's very interesting to me because I hadn't read the previous titles of the bills that are now incorporated. And every article I read, especially the New York Times, which it proves outright that we are dealing with the welfare warfare uniparty superstate yeah. because it, this is a fascist thing. It's in it's couched in militaristic terms that has really come out in the New York Times like that. But it's kind of a smoking gun when you think of what the actual purpose of the pieces was. Could you reread those three titles? Yes. So the this incorporates the Endless Frontier Act, the Chips for America Act, and the Strategic Competition Act. And so one of the... so. You, we mentioned the Cold War because this is very reminiscent of what happened between the what the nineteen late nineteen forties nineteen fifties up until nineteen eighty nine with the Soviet Union. However, this is not a you know it is the Chinese Communist Party we use that term, but that's not what the term these lawmakers are using. Um, one of the one of the senators that's pushing for this is a senator, what's Todd Young. And when he was pushing for this, he used he said he used the phrase state capitalism instead of communism. And so he isn't he isn't calling them communist. He's calling them fascists without saying they're fascists. And if you know anything about leftist rhetoric whatsoever, you know that they will use the phrases late stage capitalism or state capitalism as an argument against calling it communist. So this is a very rhetorically dense situation that we're in. That I remember learning that the next step after that Marx's idea was in college. I learned this like there that it was going to go from whatever feudalism to capitalism to socialism. That it was a stepping stone. It was a progression. Yeah, 
So state capitalism is what they're advocating here. Yeah. And well, Todd that's Young what I'm is saying. a co-sponsor. And he's a Republican. Right, but this he's is a co-sponsor. The... So so when right. with Chuck Schumer, so when I read some articles, some quotes from Chuck Schumer, Todd Young's owning this. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing. I say, you know, the Cold War was allegedly capitalists versus communists. But right now, there's a party that leads China that calls themselves the Communist Party, but they're, they work as fascists or state capitalists. And this bill, and I, I know you read it as well, is all about pushing our own state capitalism or fascism to own the Chinese. And it is used as a justification exactly what one of the things we were talking about yesterday when I said... China's rolling out the Digi Yuan first. And then we get to say, even though it's been in the books, you know, been on the in the pipeline forever, that we get to say the Digi dollar is a response to the Digi Yuan. This is the same argument that the British used to use chemical warfare in World War One. Well, they're doing it. <laughs> How could we possibly <laughs> not, even though it's an atrocity? Well, and what what's interesting about this is it reminds me of something that you said yesterday about how it, it's almost that we're trying to make the poorer countries step up and put the brakes on America so that we can be in, in lockstep economically. And this looks like two different major, major countries, major financial centers that are doing state capitalism and putting everyone on the same playing field. Yes. I always argued that and, and one of the notes I have for some of the research I did on this story was that you don't want to, in this reactionary issue, you don't want to pivot to evil. You don't want to pivot to the enemy. You want to stand firm because your principles, do you believe in free market principles or not? And, yeah. and of course, if we had free market principles, I mean, they, the 19th century shows you how unbelievably superior that is and that wealth is more equal, productivity is higher, wages, real wages go up, all that stuff. They started cutting that back in the 20th century. And now they they overtly, they expressly say, we want to pivot to these guys because they have an advantage. They do not have an advantage. What they do have is centralized power. And while the idea was all along that these to all these, like the trilateral commission was meant to kind of divide the world into three pieces and then just zip them up you know, basically zip up the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean, the trilats for the Europe, Asia, and the United States. And their goal was to make this kind of de facto world government. I feel like now we've hit a new phase of this where they're willing to keep the manufacturing local, keep our travel local, our physical selves local. But the 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 virtual world will still, or the industrial world will still be globalist. So yeah. they will have like a virtual world government. Maybe it's through big philanthropy. One of the Rockefeller foundation documents said that big philanthropy might be a de facto world government. I feel like it's a world corporation, but yeah. that is, this is all moving towards that. And these guys act like they have ideology, but their ideology is world and communism was an international thing. Yeah. Can I be a nerd for a bit? Can I nerd mm -hmm. up your show for just a, a second? Bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay, we'll we'll so... make an exception on today's show. And we can really <laughs> go a little deeper on this story. And so let's take some time. So you said that you need to, to fall back on your principles. And it made me think of a quote from 
a comic book from Captain America in the, the book Civil War. And I'll read it to you because I think that this is a stand that we do have to take. We have to take a stand for free markets, for voluntarism. We have to take a stand for peace. And so Captain America was talking. I can't remember who he was talking to, but he said, it doesn't matter what the press says. doesn't matter what the politicians or the mob say. doesn't matter if the whole, the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else, the requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. Nice. And that's where we need to be, I think. That goes to my idea of hold the line. So I'm an anarcho-capitalist because I believe that capitalism gives rise to an orderly and prosperous society and it's moral it's based on don't kill or steal but it's been totally hijacked i don't believe that uh the next step if you tore down the united states the constitution all that kind of stuff was going to be some voluntary society based on free trade i think it will be a world government freak show based in this, uh, you know, disingenuously named big philanthropy. So I say with the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, hold the line. That's yeah. the compromise. Hold the line. Don't tear that down. But uh, don't use these fear tactics to tear it down either. Yeah. Well, I think that maybe the most important thing that we can do, as we've seen over the last year and a half, is there are little pockets of freedom fighters throughout the country. And they're not in California. And they're not in New York, but you know they, there are people like Christy Nome who said no to the lockdowns. There are people like uh, Ron DeSantis who's fought the um, the the vaccine stuff, the uh, vaccine passports, decentralization mm. and and nullification of these federal this federal nonsense. I think is very important. Like leaning on the original idea of the fifty states being in charge of themselves is very important right now. Okay, I don't I don't want to go off on tangents, but I will say that thing about the vaccine passports. Once he said that the private companies could not require, I believe he said private companies couldn't require it. I'm not, you know, that is a backdoor. That's what the Republicans do is they give you a backdoor, mm -hmm. these sacrificial wolves, they take something bad, they tell you that they can fix it if they make slight compromises to things like the absolute right to private property. And getting back to this specific story there, it actually cites, and I've been talking about this the whole time with Trump. He's as soon as every time he deviates from the ideology, from the principle, you can be sure you have lost that ground. You had, and mm -hmm. you will never get it back. So there was a quote in the, I think it was the New York times article. Uh, it's an especially striking shift for Republicans to support this bill. They who are following the lead of former president Donald Trump and casting aside once that what was once their party's staunch opposition to government intervention in the economy. Now, both the parties are embracing an enormous investment in semiconductor manufacturing, artificial intelligence research, robotics, quantum computing, and a range of other technologies. So let me just tell you, there's there are a couple of problems with that. The first and foremost is don't steal my money. And give mm -hmm. it to other people. I don't care if it's for AI or whatever. I don't want AI. So yeah. not only don't do that, but there, my and that's what my father's my father taught me. Government research is immoral, based mm -hmm. on that alone. However, it's much more the 
principles are pragmatism. You don't stand on your principles just to stand on your principles. Principles have been handed down by God or emerged from 10,000 years of civilization because they are the pragmatic solution in the long run. So what's the problem with this research? Well, the problem with this kind of research is that you then you subsidize investment in capital that would not have happened in a free market because the free market will weigh the availability of labor, the availability of human capital. So once you subsidize this tech investment, which is the, the uh, backbone of DARPA, and this bill doubles DARPA's budget, I believe. I don't know if you caught that. that. Doubles DARPA's budget, which is, is amazing to me. And, and then you have this problem that Andrew Yang is the front man for, where he goes around and says, oh, robots are taking your jobs. Now we have to give UBI. So my tax dollars paid for robots. Now my tax dollars are going to have to pay for UBI. And it's all because of stuff like this. And the person who's benefiting, I can tell you right now, right out of the gate, I was like, who is benefiting from this? And there's a laundry list. But I looked at Chuck Schumer's website, and he's bringing... Intel manufacturing of microchips into upstate New York and acting. And he's, he said, let's harness the power of the federal government and subsidize your microchip stuff here. Now he acts like he's bringing jobs to New York. I was just in Austin, Texas. And let me tell you, and, and it is, it's destroyed. They brought, they literally, the politi politicians went to California to examine and copy the homeless policies out here. The the most is that, oh, yes. And now you go to Austin and it looks like it's been besieged by an invader. Like, it's just gross. It's really messed up. And my husband, who's from Texas, and we got married in Austin, I said, you know, I, I could tell as soon as I got there, I said, this is a policy decision. And he said, oh, yeah, you didn't hear? I was like, no, but I can tell by looking at it. It's a policy <laughs> decision. And I said, what happened down here? You know, how did this all happen? He said, well, it started because they put all the semiconductor companies down here or whatever, big tech moved down here like a decade or two ago. And it's just that formed the seed for this transition. So what Schumer's doing to rural New York, I mean, I grew up in New York and I'm still amazed that that is the, the, one of the original colonies. And once you get out of the city, it's just, it's just a hill upon hill upon hill covered with trees. I mean, it just goes on forever. They and they're basically rural. They're like dairy farmers and stuff. A lot of them are up there. I mean, when I visited Bellamy, the permaculturist, he was in upstate New York. Who would think that's where the Garden of Eden could be? So, <laughs> so Chuck Schumer is undermining the culture, while I'm sure, no doubt, benefiting from Intel. And Intel, of course, is benefiting. Well, and I, I do think it deserves to be mentioned that even though the progressives are pushing all of these different things, it takes a Republican to get these things done. All of the major big things that we lost have come from under Republicans. Like Nixon was the one who nixed the gold standard, was he not? <laughs> Definitely. And he instituted price and wage controls. And Ronald Reagan took away automatic weapons from the people. Like, look, look at who pushes through these ideas. The progressives take their time in cementing these ideas as being normal. And the Republican, the conservatives are, they're progressive driving the speed limit. So once it becomes acceptable to them, they're the ones who are able to push it through. And I so it coined, takes a Republican. I coined the hashtag, it will take a Republican. Because a yeah. caller many years ago on my show said, the Democrats aren't getting your guns. That will take a Republican. And then I mm -hmm. further coined the expression, 
the contrary law of democracy, that what you fear the most will have to be brought to you by your own party mm -hmm. because you're not going to fight them as hard as you would the other side. You're not vigilant towards them. And let's not forget that Nixon was the one who brought us, uh, br opened up the doors to China between us and them. So, I mean, it's oh, all yeah. tied he in. Was, right. He was no, <laughs> he was no hero. My parents detested him, although they did say that his, that his downfall was manufactured or unjust. They couldn't stay. They thought he should be impeached for opening up China. They, till the day that my father died and my mother to this day won't buy anything made in China. You know how good thing mm -hmm. she doesn't buy anything. Well, one of the things that this bill uh, takes out at the knees is Americans' abilities, ability to invest in Chinese companies. So it, it talks about how any Chinese company that is tied to the country's military and surveillance efforts, which everything is run by the CCP, so it would literally be all of them if you were actually a thinking person, but they named 59 companies that Americans, American citizens cannot put their money in, uh, which include the Engine Corp of China, Aerosun Corp, and Huawei, which Huawei is a um, phone manufacturer. So this rings of cronyism for Samsung and Apple, among other things. So this is definitely a lobbyist's dream when it comes to this bill. Yeah, and it goes both ways. So it encourages investment or subsidizes both the technology of Intel, right? It's it's doing the research. Then it's also whatever Chuck Schumer's got up his sleeve for them in New York. And so it not only subsidizes that, it increases, it's subsidized. If you're not allowed to diversify your portfolio by investing in that sector through a Chinese company, you must, or any foreign company, you must do it here. So it lowers the cost of capital for those guys. And it's those guys who are in bed with Chuck Schumer. It is the established incumbents or the ones with the deepest pockets who will be the chosen ones for leveraging, as Schumer says, leveraging the power of the federal government. So it picks and chooses even domestically. And it makes sure that they, that because they have that kind of, this is the fascism element of it here is mm -hmm. that because they have that they're giving granting those enormous benefits to these big companies no startup can ever compete therefore there isn't going to be any principled person any principled company that won't give the government its back door or whatever it is that it needs or wants so when it comes to time payback time chuck schumer tells intel uh we need you know you've got to put this in those chips just don't tell anybody yeah and and it's interesting because i don't know if you read that there's actually a part of the bill that's uh, earmarked 100% for propaganda. Did you did oh, you see that in there? I think I missed that. Um, so Senators Robert Menendez, who's a Democrat, and Jim Risch, who is a Republican, they want $1.5 billion over five years to support the Countering Chinese Influence Fund to counter the malign influence of the Chinese Communist Party globally. So wow. they just want a billion and a half dollars to make sure everyone in the world knows that China is crap. <laughs> that sounds like if you want to, again, promote your cronies, you're going to start a boycott, right? Mm -hmm. If you, if you start a boycott, who does that benefit? It benefits the, the inferior competitor as someone who cannot compete on its own standing. And this is where it all comes down is that when you start changing, uh, 
the calculus, the economic calculus about whether capital or labor is cheaper on the margin or whether the more competitive company or the less competitive company is, um, is the person you want to buy from or, or any of that stuff, you take, you reduce the overall utility, you diminish the production, the value you can get out of deploying resources, you will misallocate resources. Mm -hmm. And th those are, so this is all why freedom is better. It's all why freedom is better. And, and it's also a demonstration of this highly centralized thing. Chuck Schumer literally said uh, that when, you know, we need to, what we really need to do is uh, invest in all these things because when the government does it, it creates lots of jobs and he acts like God, he's omnis omniscient and, uh, omnipotent, but let's, before we get to the, we've, we've got time for one more story. Give us what's the, um, encryption one you were telling me about. Well, let me, may I say one more thing on this one, which is, um, the one part that I found the most interesting was, which I think we should probably talk, talk about at the in the Agent patron 15, 15 is um, the Uyghurs because in this bill, there's also a provision that no diplomatic, no diplomats are able to go to the 2022 Beijing winter Olympics. And this, the way, what Pelosi said was that, and she put out this press release on the, the 32nd anniversary of Tiananmen square she she said, while China has changed over the past generation, its government's handling of human rights have been appalling. Um, I butchered that. That's a, actually turned into a paraphrase. I'm sorry. But um, th they said that the U.S. Congress has and will continue our decades-long bipartisan and bicameral commitment to holding the Chinese government accountable by not letting anyone but our athletes in any official capacity go to Beijing for the Olympics. And I just wanted to throw that in there. And her reasoning is the Uyghur genocide, which I haven't looked into. So I can't tell you if it's real or not, <laughs> I, but I can tell you they're using it for propaganda, which I think we should talk about in the patron 15. Okay. We can get to a little bit of that. I, I haven't dug in it too much, but I do have some thoughts. Uh, all right. <laughs> get, uh, encryption. Time, bro. Mm -hmm. Encryption. So, Coming off of yesterday's talking about crypto and how much the government hates cryptocurrency, today I see an, an article about how much they hate encryption and really they just hate the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. <laughs> that is um, true. So in this, so the FBI partnered with Interpol and Australia, and like I think it was like eight thousand police, something like that. Once two very well-known encryption messaging apps were taken out of app stores and banned in Australia and in Europe, the police and the FBI jumped on this. Uh, about three years ago, they took control of a communications firm called Anom, and a, they got this from a convicted criminal who promised, promised them access to it in order for a le more lenient sentence. So the FBI and these other uh, police organizations took 12,000 encrypted devices and they used their informants to give these to high-level gang members. And so these gang members thought that this was legit and they, they gave out these phones. They could only, the phones didn't ring. They didn't do anything but use this one app. And so they talked to each other. They sent pictures of cocaine hidden in, in 
pots or in plants. They they took they talked about who they were going to kill. They talked about all of this stuff because the government gave them an encrypted messaging service that was legitimately only for them to the government to be able to read it behind the, their backs. And get this, this is the best part because it's so horrible. They made these criminals pay monthly for the subscription to use this. That is really funny because that is part of their strategy always is that they say that's that was there was a courts article about the origins of the NSA saying that they literally wanted to create big tech so that people would pay for their own surveillance. But what this story highlights another phrase I coined, it's called the incompetence canard. The idea that the government is incompetent is yeah. the way to keep us off our guard, but they are highly competent. That it is, it is the uh, Kaiser Sose thing, like the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to convince you he didn't exist. Keep your I've guard had this, down. I've had this argument several times where people are like, oh, I worked in the government. They're incompetent. And I'm like, no, they're not. They know what they're doing. The European they are, Union called this. They are a bloated bureaucracy. But it yeah. doesn't take much to keep that doing what the smart people at the top want it to do or the smart well, people behind the scenes. Not to mention the fact that they they keep the dumb people at the bottom and they they weed out the people who aren't true believers and bring them up in the organization. There's like, this let's... old <laughs> there's this old um, adage that uh, a smart and lazy person was born for command. A smart and diligent person should be in a high staff position. A stupid and lazy person can do anything, but a <laughs> stupid and diligent person has to be fired immediately because they cause problems. <laughs> but like the stupid and diligent, the whole, you could have 90% of the people could be stupid and lazy and it wouldn't foil the plans of the people on top. Right. Well, it's like the FBI, you can tell they were very, very frustrated with encryption so that they decided to send it to places without a fourth amendment, without the protections of the constitution in order to do this. They decided to beta test it in Australia. One last thing that I'll say about this is the European Union police agency Europol uh, described, they called this Operation Trojan Shield and uh, they called it the biggest law enforcement operation against encrypted communication, not against criminals, against encrypted communication, because that's what they're actually fighting. And even though this was kind of a minority report thing where they stopped murders from happening and got people before they did stuff, they were right. not fighting the, the criminals. They were fighting the, the uh, encrypted communication. Yes, I always think second order self-defense is always bullshit, right? It's always yeah. not real. Like the second or <laughs> it's like the China thing. It's self-defense. Like every, yeah. every single thing can be self-defense. If you feel like your, your soul pervades all, all of the life form of the earth, you know what I mean? Like everything is connected. It's very serious to stick to what is self-defense and what isn't. So they, they have to act like it's self-defense, which is, which is always a nod to the non-aggression principle. But anyway, we got to move on. <laughs> so before we do get to our last big story of the free 30, let me tell you what we're going to hit in the patron 15. I like your idea. We can talk a little bit about the Uyghurs, maybe more about China. And there is so much there that we left even on the table, despite how much time we spent on it. Uh, also, this is a story that I think we were trying to get to yesterday. Who slapped the frog? <laughs> Who slapped the frog? Okay. So uh, now 
the last big story of the free 30 though, I want to talk about is I want to get into a little bit about the Fauci emails and the Wuhan gain of function lab leak story. I wasn't here last week, so I haven't talked about this at all. I hope that you have some ideas about it, Cam. So we will, I think that should be what? No, I said a couple. <laughs> a couple. Okay, great. And of course, a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show. It is our old friend Etienne de la Boetsy Squared and government-scam.com. It is, if you go to government-scam.com slash Monica, you can find my interview with Brad and Etienne and talking about his book, which is the government, the greatest scam in history. But the, he sells a couple of other books on that website. And, and the idea behind his work is to kind of red pill people in a hurry. It's to approach with the, with his big book that you've heard me talk about before. It's for visual learners. So in this short book, it's a coffee table book. You're going to have somebody who is just waiting for you to you know, finish putting your makeup on, sitting in your living room and can flip through that book and be absolutely, I've seen it happen, been riveted by the book and literally been red pilled by the time I re-engaged with this person. I'm literally not kidding. So that's a fabulous book. He'll sell it. Etienne sells it in bulk. You can say it's uh, designed to for use in schools or anything you want. If you could get away with that, I'm not sure you could. But it, it, look at the offerings. It's really a valuable thing. And he also sells a couple of books by a very popular and well respected libertarian author, Larkin Rose. And these two books that he sells that Etienne is selling is what anarchy isn't and the most dangerous superstition. And both of them really uh, had some fundamental value that I noticed myself. One is I was looking through what anarchy isn't when a teen I know and love walked by saying, I have that book. <laughs> I keep it in my backpack. I'm like, why? He said, well, it's the easiest to read book that has ever existed. It is so easy to understand. There's a cute picture on every single page. Every concept is easy. And I just think, you know, if I see a kid who maybe I think is ready to understand that he's been propagandized his whole life or who has nothing else to do, you could literally give it to somebody who's not even into the politics of it. And it's just kind of interesting. So this is a very simple and valuable book, a, a great first step. It's teeny tiny. I think he sells them in like packs of five. So it's only like 30 pages. But the other one, The Most Dangerous Superstition, is really great, too. It's because it is a systematic, item-by-item -item treatment of what I had actually, and I'm always really moved by things that explain a thought that I had come to on my own after a lifetime of thinking and experience. And the name of the book gives a hint to it, The Most Dangerous Superstition, where it's about I always said there maybe it's we are told that in the Middle Ages, the question of the existence of God was just an unthinkable question. And today, the question of the necessity of governments is an unthinkable question, but it shouldn't be because it's not necessary. Society is self-ordering and the government is basically, in my observation, it's a pathocracy. It's actually working against our interests. It's pathological. 
So this book will really help you dig a little deeper. Highly recommend government-scam.com slash Monica to see the landing page they set up for us, which is really sweet. And uh, also, so we like it when you support our sponsors and we like it when you support us. So if you want to check out our sponsors, some of the uh, little merchandise that we sell, if you want to donate to the Propaganda Report, go to thepropreport.com. You'll see in the upper right those three buttons, donate, subscribe, and shop. If you hit shop, you can get to all of our sponsors. You can go through there to support them, or you can buy some of our merch, little nice Propaganda Report t-shirt. And if you just want to donate, that's that would be great too. And of course, subscribing is a good way to get us up in the search engine uh, rankings. So we appreciate all of your support and help. And without further ado, on to the last big story of the Free 30. So Cam, can you, all right, this is my understanding of it, is two things. There, there was, been back, Rand Paul's been standing up to Fauci on basically technical, you know, like the science, because Rand Paul is a scientist. He's an ophthalmologist, I think. And so he has some credibility. He's a guy with a white coat. So I guess you could consider him a high priest or a deacon or something. Right. I, you know, he's allowed to have a seat at the table there. We're permitted to hear him out. But when you give me too much drama, when it gets too much coverage, when my hero is a, a sitting in the United States Senate, unabashed, truth to power, even Rand Paul, I have to say, there's basically I've never seen him really do anything that that hasn't been within an expanding Overton window. But like mm-hmm. he does, he does stay within the lines, maybe pushes the lines out, which is good. But I'm always a little suspicious, but most suspicious when I get like 15 different emails with the same stuff like did you did you dig into this conspiracy and i'm like well you know what even if it's fauci's emails are smoking guns against him personally uh just like bradley manning or hillary clinton like their their big reveals didn't really change the threat from the problem that we face and even if you discredit fauci the damage has been done maybe you have to do the oedipus thing maybe you have to have a sacrificial lamb i don't know if he's really going to go down similarly the idea that the wuhan lab had uh you know created the virus then leaked it i don't know i think that just validates virus theory i don't really buy into that and to me it doesn't even matter because after you event 201 and seeing and also spars seeing those two documents well in advance of the COVID, you know, the last 18 months of COVID where I told everyone who'd listen, and I think I might've lost my job over it in February, that this thing was not two weeks. It was 18 months, no question about it. And it was, I don't know or care the technicalities of how they gin this up. I actually personally think it is more likely that what we're experiencing is an interruption in what uh, a Russian inside a Russian government document called the electrical medium of the earth. Like if you have a new regime like 5G, I really don't know, but I separate out those two questions. And if it's being spoon fed to me on the front page of the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, I, I'm too skeptical to really dig into it. So that's my two cents. Uh, well, this this article interested me because of the drastic shift in propaganda within the last couple of months because you know uh the article is called damning science shows covid19 likely engineered in lab and they have two experts that talk about this 
And so what what I meant by the, the shift in? in propaganda, it was in, let's see, it was in the Wall Street Journal is who they reported to. So it's a bit it's a big paper. Um, but what I, what's interesting is about a year and a half ago, the argument from the government, because I had a Facebook group that was pulled off for questioning the natural novelness of this virus. They said a lot of people were saying this could have come from a, the lab in Wuhan where it started. And people, were, my entire group was taken off of Facebook. I was not allowed to say that. My people were taken off. This was not an okay thing to speculate on. But all and at that point in time, the propaganda was that the government could protect you through coercive action from the natural world and that they were strong enough to do this. And now that is shifted because I don't know if it's because of the Fauci emails. I don't know if it's because of something else, but the shift is to demonize China and Fauci is going down with them. It kind of plays into the earlier stuff that we were talking about. And I just had that thought a few minutes ago. <laughs> yes, yes, but, it definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> this article, uh, there were two doctors, Dr. Stephen Key and Richard Muller, uh, have suggested that COVID-19 is a man-made monster optimized in a lab for maximum infectivity before it actually hit the outside world. And there's a lot of scientific stuff that I don't fully understand because I'm not a scientist. I'm not part of, of that priesthood. Um, but when it comes to these viruses, they say that there are 36 possible genome pairings that lead to this kind of infectivity and lethality. And that is, um, there are these two, this pairing is something that they use in um, gain of function research. And so when they are able to see these two together, they they use a very specific way it's paired to be able to tell whether or not it's man-made and they made it and they can track it from there. And so these two guys, Key and Muller, looked at the virus allegedly and have said that the way that these two uh, arginine amino acids are connected in a row shows that it was made to be, be infect infectious at a level that SARS took a long time to mutate to get to. And so the moral of the story is there are two, two of these, um, these doctors, the priesthood within the cathedral, one of the priesthoods, who are out there now saying that this was that they you need to rely on this being man-made and being leaked from the Wuhan lab, which got 600,000 600, or 600 million dollars from the, I think it's 600,000, from NIH through Fauci in order to test they he can't he can't confirm whether or not they used it to pay for gain of function experimentation i can't say whether or not that money went to that of well she can't Fauci. <laughs> that does so they left a signature okay but you know what this is something that we can never verify so for mm -hmm. me that we're drags it into the weeds It'll get it'll get a lot of people's wheels spinning and you, you're never going to be able to really know that answer, are you? Right. There's no way I could. It's it, I would have to take it on faith that I trust these doctors. Yeah, And, and you know what? It doesn't matter because ultimately it was yeah, unconstitutional to lock down the country. So mm -hmm. this is why this is exactly why you can't make those exceptions. You're like, well, what if it was, really was this horrible pandemic that was killing everybody? It's like, first of all, we would not have the foundational laws that we have if we were that vulnerable to nature. So we wouldn't, that's not how, we wouldn't have thought it was worth this risk. And 
the real answer is nobody actually knows the answers to those scientific questions in advance. So you don't want to destroy society for that. And furthermore, if you allow, if you give the power to the powers that be to destroy society because of something like that, you're creating a moral hazard to encourage them to create it. So none of, so this may be true, may not be true. It doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that regardless, we should have stood our ground. Absolutely. And I just, I think that what this, the propaganda, the, what's the word value of this to them right now is to demonize China, which is what they're trying to do full bore hard. Yes. Bingley has and been think, saying that since the beginning. And so I, I mean, think, I think that that's, that I think was, that that is clearer than ever. Yes. Fed into that. I mean, he did. I'm sure he said that at least a year ago and it, and he was mentioning it last time we had a show like that. It's coming back up. So it is a shame that we didn't have shows last week because he definitely would have been all over it. So, okay. I want to do, I want to thank a couple of new patrons and I want to do a shout out, but I also want to tell people, I'm not sure I told everybody this yet. I am going to host a stage at Freedom Fest this year. Freedom Fest is a great, it's a gathering of freedom-loving liberty individuals. You may have heard it before. The theme this year is healthy, wealthy, and wise, which is like so exactly the theme I am into this year as well. And I am going to host a stage. So I would love to see you there. It's going to be in South Dakota. Last year, it was supposed to be in Vegas. That got canceled. I was supposed to be there too. And they needed to find a place that was more friendly to Liberty. So it's going to be out there. That's going to be fun. I'm actually pretty excited about that. I've been there before. I've been to Mount Rushmore. They are going to have a 20, a 10th anniversary of the Anthem Film Festival, a student debate, showcase student programming, excursions to area attractions like Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse, Deadwood, a trade show for Liberty, a global financial summit, Reason Day, and the mock trial on the pandemic response. That should be really great. Exactly what we were just talking about. If you are interested in going, you can get a 10% discount at FF, if you use the promo code FF21Liberty, all caps FF21Liberty, and that's at freedomfest.com. And we have a lot of great speakers. JP Sears, Dr. Drew, John Mackey, Joe Jorgensen, Ian Hersiali. Oh, <laughs> Ayan Ali. I don't know why they put that. Okay. Dave Rubin, Tom Woods, Mike Lee, and more. So use that FF21 Liberty promo code for that. It is July 21st to the 24th in Rapid City, South Dakota. It's $500 a person, but you get 10% off. And then you can add a second person for $400 or it's $499 and $399. So that's that. I do want to encourage people to go there and join me. I, I think I have a lot of downtime. So if you go just to see me, there is no doubt I'll be able to talk to you because it's three days long. And I want to thank our newest patrons, Stephanie, Jill, and Emily. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate your support and look forward to having a lot of fun interactions with you. That's a big part of the Patreon community for as long as it lasts. And I have a long and moving shout out from Lenore. She wants to shout out her husband, Kenneth, for turning her onto our podcast. I'd been questioning things most of my life, Lenore says, feeling like a square in a round hole sort of world. So when I started listening to you guys, I felt sane. I felt like I had found my people. 
You confirmed things I'd been feeling for years, but opened my eyes up to so many more things. In addition, my husband has always been sort of a head in the sand kind of guy, just wanting to live his life and not think about this insane world. But you opened up his eyes and really actually helped him step out of that comfort zone. Sorry. I'm sorry to do that. Uh, we like our comfort zones, but she says, uh, because of this, we are closer than we've been in years. Finally able to have conversations that are not just about kids in our day. I finally don't sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist. And we are able to make a big leap to move out of the California Bay area. That is quite a, a feat. I'd like to do the same thing, to be honest with you. So she says that we have actually helped her marriage in many ways and appreciates that we have opened their eyes and so many others and digging into the truths the truth and being a beacon of hope for so many. And I actually am going to shout Lenore right back because she, she, I, she, I trigger her from time to time because I do stupid things and she will <laughs> kind of scold me and then apologize later, of course, but she's right. She's always right. So one thing, I think she was absolutely horrified to find out that I was putting my bone broth in the microwave. She's like, Oh my, it takes me a day, like 24 hours to make my bone broth. And after she pointed out to me, I could never do it again. I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Like, I can't, what the hell? Like, I'm so crazy. And then I learned about structured water and everything. So shout out right back to you, Lenore. Thank you for that. And without further ado, let us move on to the patron 15 for those who are here for that. You have been listening to the drive time news blast, which you can find every weekday afternoon at the propaganda report.com or your favorite podcasting platform. It is in the propaganda report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we were telling you about, Go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Join up there and we will talk to you tomorrow or right now in the patron 15 and have a fantastic rest of your day. As Binkley would say, Binkley, we miss you and look forward to seeing you on Monday. Hope you're okay. And uh, that's it. Bye.